listening to the Plugged In Podcast, presented by the Institute for Energy Research. To find out more about our work, visit our website at instituteforenergyresearch.org. Welcome back to the Plugged In Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Stevens, and I'm joined today by uh, the Director of Policy here at IER, Kenny Stein, and we're here to discuss the American Energy Innovation Act. Uh, last Thursday, Senator Murkowski and Manchin introduced uh, the bill, I guess, can you just start by giving an overview of what exactly is in it and um, just a general overview? Sure. So it's essentially a compil- compilation of, uh, they count it as, as provisions from 50 different uh, bills that have already passed through the Senate uh, Energy and Natural Resources Committee during 2019. They basically, it isn't all the language from all those bills, but uh, the provisions are, you know, sections are copied and pasted from other pieces of legislation, and they've sort of rolled it all up into this 550-page monstrosity of, you know, just, you know, goodies for everyone type thing. They say that they say that uh, over 60 senators have sponsored or co-sponsored at least one of these provisions, that sort of thing. So beyond just the spending and the sort of expansion of bureaucracies that are sort of outlining the bill in terms of spending on new or sort of organizing new offices and things. The, one of the things they've identified as being the major problem of the bill is that it expands government's purview from just basic research to promoting and actually deploying technologies. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. could you just explain I mean, why that? Problem. Yeah. Right, that's a big problem with, with a lot of the way that... Uh, this government spending on a lot of this, it's always called research, the NIH, you know, the National Science Foundation, the Department of Energy has all these, there's huge amounts of research spending that's done by the federal government. Um, but the problem is, is that in the energy space, the, these, these sort of things, the, and this is, this has been a long-term problem. They go well beyond, it's not just basic research. It's, you know, in, in the National Institute of Health, if they're funding, uh, you know, a disease study to, you know, track a disease. All right, fine, that makes sense. But uh, when you get to the energy side, if you're talking about trying to, you know, funding the creation of, say, you know, a smaller solar panel technology, all right, that's kind of fine. You know, basic research. But once you have, you know, discovered this new, there's something called the perovskite materials that they're talking about as the future of solar panels. That's this is my example that I'm thinking of. But... Once that material has been discovered and they're like, they show, oh, it works, well, then it should be up to the private sector to figure out how to, you know, whether that goes in, you know, rooftop solar panels sure. or how they want to put that, what kind of, how big they want to build a facility, how they want to use it. Does it get, can you make it in very, very small and use it? It's, but the problem is, is that the Department of Energy, progressively over the years, the Congress has given them more and more authority to do get into development and deployment, is the usually the buzzword of these technologies, which means funding, you know, funding example projects or throwing money at, for example, one the famous one is the Kempner um, Carbon Capture and Storage Plant that was a massive boondoggle, billions of dollars were, were thrown at it, and but it was because the government was subsidizing this attempt to apply some technology uh, in a way that the market was never going to support. So that is, a, and this is this is how the some of the money that was lost during the, the Obamacare stimulus, or not Obamacare, the Obama stimulus in 2009, the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act, it was this same sort of thing, it's just kind of throwing money, trying to be almost like a venture capitalist, making the federal government a venture capitalist which it's singularly un- poorly designed to do. 
because the money ends up being uh, distributed by at the whim of a bureaucrat. It has nothing to do with, with whether the business model makes sense, uh, whether it makes sense in that particular area, if the company is even solvent enough to actually carry this through to the finish. So a bureaucrat looks at a piece of paper and says, okay, yeah, give them the money. You know, the, let, let, let them go off and do that. So the, we at IER and I personally have been arguing a lot that, all right, fine, if we want to fund basic research, okay, that's fine. That's a reasonable role for government. But applying it, finding a way to put it into the marketplace, that's not, government just doesn't do that well. So applying that to this existing bill, that is most of the content of this bill. It's setting up a bunch of new research offices to have the Department of Energy uh, for uh, vehicles, for wind technology, for solar technology, uh, for battery storage, for geothermal, for nuclear, for hydro, everything. And in each of those sections, it talks about uh, hundreds of millions of dollars for research, development, and deployment, which is the DOE already funds research in all these areas as, it, as the, you know, the existing system. This is creating a new uh, framework for all these offices to go further out into the marketplace and try and, try and you know, whatever these politically favored technologies are, try and force them onto the market in some way that, uh, you know, whatever, whatever yeah, bureaucrat comes so up with. Fundamental shift of uh, maybe supplying uh, what we would consider to be maybe an underprovided public good in research to getting involved in the marketplace right. and in a deployment sense. Right, because which, yeah. it's when you're when you're funding research, that's not. I mean, I guess you're technically picking winners and losers among the research projects, but you're ultimately just sort of just saying, you know, you're funding kind of speculative research. But once you actually have a technology that, or or a study that you know comes to a conclusion. The, the application of that is, is going to vary. I mean, this is actually fracking is a perfect example. Some of the early techniques that eventually evolved into hi the hydraulic fracturing we have today were funded by the Department of Energy decades ago. But the Department of Energy was funding applications in like coal bed uh, methane, like trying to get methane from coal beds in sure. fracking. And th it, that didn't really make economic sense. The, the, but they took some of that, those techniques and applied them elsewhere, and that's what created the revolution that we have today. But again, the point being is that the federal government didn't identify the wrong use for this te right, technique. Yeah. So, and, that's, and that happens in all these different fields. And uh, ultimately, what happens when you've got the federal government involved in deployment is that you end up subsidizing uh, an application or technique or project uh, for, for years, because just because the federal money is al it's almost limitless, it just keeps going for years, even as the market moves on. But the, these right, old yeah. projects stick around, even though they don't make any sense anymore, just because the government money's there. And then it becomes a cycle of throw more money at it because right. it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like oh, they just need a few more years. You know, give them another billion dollars to get them another couple of years, and it'll you know, maybe maybe it'll work five years from now. That sort of thing. Yeah, so this is also sort of reopening then the discussion about the wind PTC and the ITC and uh, electric vehicles and. It also provides an opportunity for the House to sort of uh, inject the environmental lobby, right. I guess, into it, too. Uh, I guess you just talk about that element of it as well, and then uh, just when the when the two bills come to the committee, what um, yeah. that so, dynamic yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the real cause for concern in, in this bill process. So ultimately, the, the, the bill that was offered, that was publicized by Senators Murkowski and Manchin last year, it's... I mean, it's it's wasteful. It blows a bunch of money, and it you know 
massively expands the Department of Energy bureaucracy, and it, you know, it, there's a lot of bad things about it. But it's not ultimately. It's more just, you know, spending more money on research and, and deployment. All this stuff we've been complaining about. It's just kind of it's wasteful and kind of silly, but it's not necessarily you know hugely actively harmful. The problem is is that because this is now an energy bill, it's a big omnibus energy bill, suddenly everyone wants to tack on their hobby horses. And you mentioned some of them, the electric vehicle tax credit, uh, they're talking about um, the Kigali Amendment on uh, HFCs, which are refrigerants, they're talking about trying to attach that, basically take the treaty language and inject it into U.S. law through the vehicle of this legislation. Um, they're talking about the, the Land and Water Conservation Fund, which basically is a, is a slush fund to buy more federal land. They're, they're trying to attach all these things to the energy bill. And the problem is is that, one, you, you get enough of these amendments on there, then this becomes actually a very harmful bill. Like right now, it's wasteful and, and stupid, but you attach a bunch of these th other things onto it, suddenly you get this is going to be actively harmful to the economy and to the energy industry, the energy system. Um, but... Even worse, and why I say this is a tactical error as well, is that whatever passes, whatever passes from the Senate, with amendments, without amendments, the House isn't going to pass that bill. They're just not going to. The House Democrats are going to pass their own energy bill that's got all sorts of subsidies and you know tax credits for special interests and all you know all the green all their Green New Deal stuff that they've you know been clamoring for, and they'll pass that bill. And what happens when you have two different two bills that um, don't agree, that are passed by the House and Senate, they go to what's called a conference committee. In a conference committee, it's a virtual free-for-all. Almost anything can end up in that conference bill that comes out. It's Whatever comes out of that conference committee can bear no resemblance to this fairly minor energy research and you know technology bill that Murkowski and Manchin have put together. It's going to be a massive boondoggle of spending and tax credits. It's going it's to be a mess. And the problem is, is that we've got this big bill, and it comes back to the Senate for them to vote on. And Murkowski feels like Senator Murkowski feels like I put a, I put so much effort into this. This is my legacy. I have to vote for it, even though it's not what I wanted. There'll be other senators that'll be like, oh well, my little bill, that you know, this small technical bill that I had, did end up in that final package. I feel like I have to vote for it too, even though I don't like everything else. So it becomes a log rolling exercise that everybody goes along with this monstrosity that only the only the conference committee members really have control over what's go goes into that bill. And so you run the risk of passing some really bad law because of a tactical decision by Senator Murkowski that she wanted to pass this this little technology bill that just, um, I don't know, for the heck of it, because her committee chairmanship is almost over and she wants to do something before she's done, before she, you know, loses the chair. Sure, yeah, and something that you point out is that, you know, it's especially interesting to want to do some sort of, like, comprehensive energy bill when energy prices are at an all-time low. And right. It's yeah. not, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what's funny is that the the justification that Senator Murkowski and Senator Manchin keep offering is that, oh, well, we haven't done an energy bill in almost 12 years. We need to update our laws. We really need more. We need American energy policy needs to come into the modern day. But things are actually going really well. Yeah. We have we have record low gas pri uh, natural gas prices. We've got cheap uh Gasoline. We're exporting more oil and natural gas than on a net basis than we ever have. So, the American energy and, and frankly, and renewables are are booming too. It's not like it's not like you know renewables right, are being yeah. left out. Uh, they're getting plenty of help too. So it's not clear what why this is needed right now. 
In fact, I, the, there's no evidence that it's needed. So, and if there are, then no, there's some small provisions, parts of the bill that, you know, there's a section on, um, you know, critical minerals, like the rare earth minerals that the Chinese have a, a virtual monopoly on, that, you know, that's, that's reasonable policy. It's something that the federal government would be worth uh, working on, but that, that should be done as a standalone bill. It shouldn't be wrapped up into this other, this, lo this log rolling exercise. That's really what it is. So, you know, you know the, the parts of this that are timely, that do need to be done, uh, should be done on their own, not uh, held hostage to, uh, you know, all these other priorities. A term that gets thrown around a lot in energy policy is all of the above <laughs> options, right? Yeah. And a general rule of thumb, at least for me, is whenever I hear that, I'm worried. Uh, obviously, this sort of falls into that category. Right. Um, I guess, what's your reaction to, well, know, to, to just, I guess, all yeah, of the above yeah. policy like that sort of being a, a signal to right. be concerned and then, yeah. Well, the problem is, is that, yes, all of the above... Uh, can mean different things to different people. And so for this bill is actually a great example of the negative meaning of it because in this bill, all of the above means subsidies and handouts for all of the above. I mean, every everybody gets a pony in this bill. Like there's research spending for coal, there's research spending for natural gas, there's research spending for hydro, there's sure. research for, I mean, there's there's money for everybody. So that's, I mean, that that also is all of the above. So that, that, that I, do, I do sort of agree with you that all of the above, uh, you know, is, is, is a slogan that it's, uh, it was originally meant to say that we should, we should be using everything. Yeah, like there should let be, everybody we compete. Be, or, right, we shouldn't yeah. be favoring one yeah. over another. But in this yeah. case, it's, it's, you know, just spray money at everybody. As long as everybody gets money, then it's okay. And so on, on this bill, you, uh, we don't have an actual uh, CBO score on it, but when I went through and totaled up all the appropriations that are on there, I got over $20 billion of appropriations. So it's really just spray money at everybody is, is the philosophy behind this. Um, is there anything about this that we haven't discussed that you think is relevant for the listeners as well? What's interesting, this, the, this is an interesting opportunity for people to learn about sort of the procedural game of the Senate. Because uh, what, what our concern is is the bad amendments. Like, I, like, we, like we said earlier, the, the bill itself is... You know, it's wasteful and kind of dumb, but, you know, it's not the most egregious thing you've ever seen. But uh, there's a lot of very bad amendments that could easily get tacked onto this to make it a really bad bill. And that's where you get to the procedural game where, frankly, the, Senator McConnell can, can prevent anything from being tacked onto this bill and just pass a simple bill, the, the, the simple legislation that Manchin and Murkowski proposed uh, with, with no amendments of any kind. Uh, but at... Once you open up the amendment process, that's where you, you get sketchy. And because there, there has been so little debate and legislation on energy issues, and, if the, and energy issues are so polarized, which is partly why there's been no debate, uh, you have a lot of pent-up desire by a lot of members of Congress to get their little energy hobby horses passed, even if it has nothing to do with anything, even if it's an issue that you know, is 10 years out of date, that sort of thing. So, so this, is a, this is a danger that this and, and this is why omnibus bills just in general are bad, is because you end up piling more and more onto it, and a lot of bad stuff can end up getting uh, dragged across the line uh, into legislation that's, that's a very hard one.